So we take for granted as a mortgage loan originator that we have an opportunity to, to share our knowledge and to better our clients with a little bit that we do know about fiscal literacy. So hello and welcome to another episode of Mortgage Influencers, where we bring you professionals who share insight into the latest trends, tips, industry technology and services to help you be a mortgage influencer in your mortgage business. Okay, now we are, we're streaming live. And welcome to those that are joining us through Zoom. Happy Wednesday. My name is Ginger Bell. I have Scott Shang with me. Hello, Scott. And we have, I need to get a jump roll, a new co-host. Official day on the job. Welcome to the team, Mr. Steve Richmond. Yay. When Gin when Ginger says jump, I say how high and let's leave it at that. <laughs> Luckily, it's oh, not very it's not a very high uh, you know limbo stick. So, and then our guest today, who I'm very excited to have on, Mr. Dustin Owen, who is the host oh. of the Loan Officer Podcast. So, hey boys, welcome, Ginger. Thanks for having me, and Steve, welcome to the crew. Yeah, that was yeah. like my um, my pleasant surprise. I was like rushing to get logged in. Of course, I'm clicking all the wrong buttons. Uh, I was having to lay down a like bonus podcast episode because I'm so fired up about the misinformation going around regarding loan level pricing adjustments. Ah. Um, I told my producer and co-host, I go, I only have 25 minutes. I have to get on Ginger Bell's podcast. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, no, you don't understand. Hers is live. This is a live event. So uh, no, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be sliding in uh, the last minute, um, logging in and uh, hello everyone who's tuned in watching this. Awesome. Very good. Well, we're glad to have you here. I know you're in Florida and uh, I want to, I want to lead off because I think podcasts, are such a huge opportunity that really a lot of LOs are not leverage, leveraging. And I know you're going to really, you have a conversation talking about sales DNA. So I want to get into that too, but tell us a little bit, uh, starting off with the loan officer podcast and what you're doing with that. Yeah. So first um, I agree with you, Ginger. I think sales professionals should be their local market expert. And I think podcasting is a great way to build out that network. Um, and I look forward to working with people like you in the future to maybe teach realtors and other sales professionals, such as mortgage loan originators, how they should do that. Um, for me, I did a little, probably a little bit different. Um, and I don't know if I would ever teach it our way, but by all means, if you can dream big enough, then you should go for it. Yeah, I'll go on, on, on a limb here. And my ultimate goal is I recognize people like Clark Howard and Dave Ramsey are going to need to retire. I understand that at some point, their messaging, although it was phenomenal messaging, and I looked up to both those men throughout my career, their messaging isn't what's resonating with that 19-year-old or that 29-year-old or even that 35-year-old. So like I look at what we do as, look, we are your financial friends with benefits. So I took my 20 plus years as a mortgage loan originator, as a small business owner, as a sales coach where I was able to give financial literacy type advice to thousands of consumers or sales coaching advice to mortgage loan originators or the real estate market. 
real estate investors. I'm like, well, all the stuff that I'm talking about right now isn't talked about in high school. It's not talked about at many people's dining room tables growing up. That's if they sit down as a family of four and a half and actually have dinner together. Um, how do we take those same conversations and put it out for the masses? Mm-hmm. So I called the show The Loan Officer Podcast because at my core, that's who I am. I'm an MLO. Now, have I originated a loan in the past three years? No, I have not. Like my day-to-day is helping operate and run the billion-plus-dollar production operation that my two partners and I started 15 years ago. But something that I do do is I do coach loan officers, and I do hop in and do a couple pre quals a month because I do cover for the guy that I ended up handing my book of business over, over, and I do speak nationally, and I do coach real estate investors, and I do speak in front of the real estate community that I was like, well, what could I do to put messaging out there? So we called it the Loan Officer Podcast because that's who I am at my core, and I also know that's the most value I can bring. I stole this from Dave Savage, who I think is a friend of, of your show as well and a friend of yours, but I had Dave on my show about a year and a year and a half ago, and Dave's like, you know, Mortgage loan originators don't understand that for many of their clients, they are the one and only financial advisor they will ever speak to. Because most of our borrowers, they don't have enough personal wealth to invest. Their home is their biggest and only asset. And most qualified financial advisors won't even speak to them. They won't take them on as a client. So we take for granted as a mortgage loan originator that we have an opportunity to to share our knowledge and to better our clients with the little bit that we do know about fiscal literacy. So we launched our podcast three years ago. We put it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. And luckily for us, we did it long enough that we were able to get decent. Decent turned into good. Good turned into a little bit better than good, which is where I put us right now. We're a little bit better than good. But last year, we were able to amass over 1 million downloads. We do have roughly 20 to 25 what we call T-loppers, our loyal fans who tune in on the regular, and we're grateful for that. Well, there's my question. All right. Now, I know Ginger's like, let's not talk podcast. I'm saying let's talk podcast. (laughs) You're already dusting. You've been doing all this stuff. People are watching this right now, which in essence is an, is a podcast. And so Ginger has a nice group that she's that's listening to her and, and Scott's got his group and you got your group. Why should I start a podcast? If I'm an LO, isn't everybody already podcasting? Isn't that whole channel full? Yep. So Steve, if you're an LO, isn't everyone already calling on realtors? Isn't everyone already calling on builders? Isn't everyone already going after financial advisors? And the answer is yes, yes, and yes. And by the way, they should be calling on realtors. They should be going after builders. And yes, you should podcast. Now, maybe you don't step out of the gates with the... And you know, I mean me as in like talking okay. to other fellows that yeah. are out there. Right, but okay. but um, so I would say you, you don't come out of the gates. Like I came out of the gates. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to hide from it anymore. I literally will tell someone I am if Joe Rogan and Dave Ramsey had a baby. And I would love to strive for their level of success, knowing that if I fall short, man, did I accomplish something awesome. But I don't know if I would teach that or coach that right. because you can stay within your local community. You can use your podcast. It's less about the number of views and the number of fans. It's more about using your podcast as a way to attract your ideal client. It's a way of shedding light on your ideal client. It's creating content that you can then give to them 
and they can go tell all their prospective clients how they were just interviewed on your show, right? It's about creating that digital asset that you now can use in your smaller ecosystem. It's you taking your podcast on the road and doing it from that, that local business where you can put a spotlight on the local business, a spotlight on your guest, and create content for your circle of influence without that content being some kind of an infomercial or a buy here, pay here, use car lot. And I think that's how most people should look at podcasting, less about the views, less about the size of the audience, and more about the value you're bringing to the business you're spotlighting or your, or your guest. And yeah. one, of, one of the things that I always like to bring up as well is, is when you do something like a podcast, you have no competition because nobody else is you. Nobody has your personality, your experience, your inflection. It just, and like you said, Dustin, hundred percent, you're just putting it out into the universe. The people that are going to resonate with that are going to people are going to be people that resonate with you. You're attracting the people that are attracted to you, which are the people that you want to work with. So, Scott, I love that. And I'd even echo one step further, going back three years ago, when my partner, John and I started our podcast, it was so freaking cool to put into my email signature, host of the Loan Officer Podcast. <laughs> that was freaking cool, right? To change my LinkedIn. It wasn't yeah. just divisional vice president. That's boring, yeah. right? That's boring. In some companies, vice president really means nothing because they give that to the rookie loan originator who just went to work there, <laughs> right? So That's how where you cool start. was it to put host of the blah, blah, blah podcast? Yep. No, are you drinking a Moscow Mule? Is that is that what I saw? Yeah. That was I was thinking the same Mule. thing. It is, it is 2 p.m. Uh, here in Park, Florida. I cannot tell you what is in this copper mug. I can tell you that if it was a mule, it'd probably have bourbon in it. But more than likely, it's a clear, it's a clear liquid. <laughs> I love it. So, so we may not get into the sales DNA, Dustin, which may be down the road, but since we started down this whole podcast thing and with the podcast, and this is what people need to remember in doing the podcast, it gives you that celebrity, that brand, branding of what you're talking about. So now you're the host of, and it gives you a reason to call the real estate agents, the financial planners, those calls that you're making, it gives you a reason to call them and invite them to be a guest onto your podcast. The other thing it does is it gets you visible on social media over something that you don't have to come up with content. I mean, one of the things we love about doing this podcast, and we do live stream our podcast weekly, I'll tell you why I did that is to hold myself accountable. Because I knew if I did it every single week at a certain time, I couldn't get out of it. I brought Scott on originally as my partner in crime, and he's been with me almost every single week, thick and thin. I think we're almost three years now because we started during COVID, I know. We really? I, I think we started in 20, I'll have to look, at least, at least two years. Um, and so you can easily do that. But if you don't, you can set it up where you can record it, right? But if you invite your real estate agents and you think about, I call it your three W's. So it's like, think of Wonder Woman. So who is your audience? Your audience, honestly, in starting a podcast is realtors, not consumers. So when you think about starting a podcast, who do you want to build your influence with? With realtors, with financial planners. 
So that's who your audience is. Cater to them and invite other real estate agents on and talk about their best practices because guess what? Other real estate agents listen to other real estate agents, right? And so you don't have to talk about mortgages. You can honestly start a podcast, invite real estate agents, invite financial planners if that's your audience. Who do you want to go after? And then let them know what they're going to learn. So for us and mortgage influencers, that's what we did. It's like, we're going to, originally we started talking about video and now we expanded from that. So what are they going to learn? And then, you know, why should somebody watch it? You know, why are they going to watch? Why are they going to put that, that time in? Steve, you hopped on the call and said, you just watched Scott's podcast on the chat GPT. And so, and, and Scott does an amazing podcast that really gets into a lot of the technicality, not just of chat GPT, but a lot of different systems, processes, um, disciplines, really, that should be used in our industry. So figure out those three W's and then just get it started. Now, you 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 do yours live. Or you don't do yours live, but you do yours live like you have to be face-to-face in order to be on your podcast, right? Yeah, so I have a couple of rules, and this comes from a podcast fan. And I can hear the difference when I'm listening to Ed Milet or Joe Rogan, the one or two times that they haven't had a live audience or live recording. Um, So yeah, I do mine in person. So we record uh, out of my office at 2699 Lee Road in Winter Park, Florida, or I will take the the, uh, show on the road, so to speak. So I recently did two podcast episodes from the School of Business at the University of Central Florida which was freaking amazing. I now want to do one university a month, every single month, because uh-huh. we had a handheld mic. We had 60 students in the room and they got to ask questions regarding financial literacy, career advice. Heck, one guy even asked me what I thought about the football team going this year, uh, which I was really <laughs> stoked about answering that. Um, next month, we're going to be at the Mortgage Bankers Association of Georgia. So MBAG is doing an annual event. They reached out to in us. In Florida, by the way, I hear. By the way, it is in Florida. <laughs> the Georgia Association but, in Florida. But we're going to drive our happy rear ends up the, up there, participate, and we're going to podcast three episodes from the Mortgage Bankers Association. So I'm From not the beach, to, from the beach, from the beach, we're going to be on the beach. It's going to happen. <laughs> if, if we can get enough sunblock for Steve and I in our heads, um, <laughs> Steve and I are going are gonna to do a podcast episode together him as the guest, me as the host, and we're going to try to do it from the actual beach if the sand doesn't muck up our equipment. But yes, to answer your question, I I do do it. uh, uh, We record it live in person and it typically gets produced within 24 hours and then it gets released. So a perfect world is we record Monday, drop Tuesday, record Thursday, drop Friday. That's in a perfect world. A week like this when I was in D.C., uh, last week for the Mortgage Bankers Association, I was in Palm Beach Gardens yesterday speaking at a mortgage event. So today we literally did two episodes. One will drop Friday, one will drop on Tuesday. And then what we're gearing up to do, and Ginger, you and Scott, and now Steve, you guys encourage me to do this. A third weekly episode, this will be a true live episode. It, I want it to be with call-ins. I want it to be people asking their questions. I don't want to have an agenda. I literally want to take calls as if it's like 1997 and we're talk radio all over again. Nice. Uh, I, look, I want what Dave Ramsey has. True, true story. So um, we're going to start doing that monthly 
And then as we figure it out, as we learn, as we grow, it'll go to weekly. So that'll be on Wednesdays live. And then we'll drop the recorded version on Sundays. Well, That's Dawson, ambitious. I love it. So, you know, from my perspective, I've been doing webinars even before COVID. I mean, for I, I've, how long have I been doing webinars? I have no idea. To me, it's another form of podcast. I mean, it, yep. it's very similar to it, right? And I would always have people say, oh, well, we've capped out at 500 people. They're upset that they can't get in. I said, it doesn't matter. I'm going to record it and they can listen to it. No, they want it live. They want to see it from the original. They need it to be that way. So I, I don't get that mindset, but a lot of people have that mindset if it's not live. But then again, I don't like watching recorded sports on TV. It, I like to watch the game live. If it's already concluded, uh, what yep. am I going to go watch it for? I can just get the headline and get the result and see who won. Yeah. So, Ginger, out of curiosity, I know you live stream on Facebook. Are you also live streaming elsewhere or Facebook primarily? Well, so originally when we started doing this, we used StreamYard where you can stream to multiple. So you can stream to, to Facebook and YouTube. And we had a request um, to switch over to Zoom to be able to have people register like the webinar, Steve. And, and I'm like you, it's like, I started doing webinars back in 2008 with the SAFE Act to teach people on how to go through all that stuff. Um, and people still love registering for those webinars. I just did a webinar last week on branding. We had almost a thousand people register for it. And so not a thousand people attend, but then they send you, can I have the recording, blah, blah, blah. And so the problem with Zoom is it only allows you to stream to one platform at a time. So we have our Facebook group, we stream it to the Facebook group, and then we take the recording and turn it into a podcast, and then we post that onto YouTube. And that's where we found. So combining the two, and this is the advantage of doing live, and I love the fact that you're asking questions because um, we have questions. We have a question for you all. I'll bring up in just a second here, Dustin. Um, so that part of it is really cool and doing live um, and be able to have that interaction. People really like that. It's kind of like the webinar, Steve. But then you can still take that. And even though we're not streaming onto YouTube, we're posting it onto YouTube. And then we stream it onto Spotify and iTunes and all that other kind of stuff too. That's what a podcast does for you is it's not just the one. It's not just like the webinar. It gives you an opportunity to take and repurpose. And I just actually recently found a software and I can't remember the name of it. Um, I have my team testing it out, but you honestly upload your podcast into this software and it within about your podcast is 30 minutes. So it has to go through a 30 minute cycle. It usually runs about 35. It will split it into... And it probably uses some AI kind of technology thing on it. It'll split it into segments. So now you can take those smaller segments and repurpose that, which Steve, you and I were talking about yesterday, right? And so now you have additional content. And that's what I love about podcasts is you have that, the one, you don't have to come up. People run into this all the time. It's like, I need to do a video. What the heck am I going to talk about? And Scott, you you do a lot of videos by yourself, which is hard to do. I mean, that is really hard to do. And um, I do a lot of videos by myself too, but I also do a lot of videos in my head that are never actually recorded. And boy, are they good. But um, 
you know, the podcast, you're just asking questions. And so having a list of questions and going through those, I think is very important. Um, so StreamYard is by far my favorite. We might switch back over. Scott, you and I have to talk about this back to StreamYard. They have a webinar feature now. They do have a webinar feature now, which they never had before. They also, StreamYard used to, you had to actually schedule each podcast and it was always a pain. Whereas Zoom, you've got the same thing. You don't have to think about it. And so StreamYard now has that capacity where you can have one, in fact, I have a client we're just starting with on this, where you can have one link and you can use that link for multiple podcasts. So this is getting way more into technology than we probably intended to. But, you know, those are the pieces. It's gotten so easy. I just shipped, um, I'm making a list for podcast equipment. And starting off with, you know, the simplest, we're using, you know, the Logitech and, you know, a little Blue Yeti mic, whatever, to now we're using OBS and we've got, you know, a, a Sony and, you know, you've got the nice Sure, which I'm not at my studio. I actually have a podcast studio, which I'm not at today. Um, so, I mean, those kind of things, because you don't have to have a lot of stuff to get started with it. You can honestly do it. I'm in my office right now. I'm just streaming from, you know, my Logitech camera. I've got, you know, my blue, you know, mic. It's like not a big deal. So I think that's a lot of people give reasons to hold back and the technology shouldn't be it. So you can use StreamYard. Um, we're using Zoom right now, but Zoom only allows you to stream to, to one service. So we only stream to Facebook. I'm going to hop into this question real quick. So, yeah, fire away. Anonymous attendee. So I have no idea. Who What's up, is. anonymous attendee? Says, Dustin, what is your education, background, degree, certifications? Just curious. Perfect. So I went to college, very fortunate, graduated in four years with a degree in advertising and public relations. Ah. Um, worked in television advertising for the first three years out of college up in Atlanta, as well as in West Palm Beach, Florida, and then eventually back to Orlando. I then went through basically what you and I would know as Zenix Ground School. Uh, That's how I learned the mortgage business. Back yeah. in the day, the company's name was Home Bank. And Home Bank is where Casey Cunningham had worked and she had drafted and written their training program yeah. before she went out, opened up Zenix, and then started selling it herself a la carte. That was and the Flood that, Brothers, uh, right? What's that? The Flood Brothers. Yes, the Flood Brothers. Yep. <laughs> um, and then eventually, uh, like that was my background, right? So I had a four-year degree, advertising, public relations, three years working in TV advertising, of which one and a half was hardcore sales. So I had a hardcore like literally here's the phone book. Everyone who is advertising in the phone book, for those old enough to remember a phone book, mm -hmm. they should also be advertising on WFLX Fox 29. Here's your phone, start calling. Like that was my introduction to sales, which made calling on realtors that much easier. Zenix gave me the foundation I needed to understand DTI and LTV and what's an appraisal and what's title work. But then you kind of learn as you grow. I am, and this is probably something I'm very proud of, I am a CMB. Right. So I have my my certified mortgage banker designation. I'm one of only probably a thousand active mortgage bankers that holds that designation. And I am a graduate of the MBA's future leaders program. So if you're looking at like professional development, the MBA's future leaders program is amazing. And the CMB journey for me, and it's a journey, was also a capstone of my career. So for anonymous attendee, 
hopefully that answered uh, the question you were looking for. And I have done things like I did Barry Habib certified, certified mortgage advisor. I did that. It was funny. A, because I had COVID and nothing else to do. And I was quarantined in my <laughs> after bedroom. Um, and because uh, I, I was fortunate, I didn't get that sick, but I had to quarantine. And B, I'm a big fan of Barry and what he what he does. But I didn't know if I wanted to like pimp out and promote his product unless I had actually done it myself. So I went through it. So I guess technically I'm a uh, certified mortgage advisor as well. But um, I would put future leaders, I would put CMB, and I would put my degree from UCF above my CMA. But it is something I enjoy doing. And um, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm a proponent of that, of that product. So we just call him the man. The man. <laughs> oh, you just call him the man. <laughs> No, no, no. Okay. We call him okay. That's a lot the host of the Loan email. Officer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. Oh, I thought you were talking about Barry. No, Barry's the no. man. No, no. Yeah. I'm saying you. It's like you. All, of those, all of those credentials, we just do, we compress it to the man. He's oh, the man. sorry. Okay. Apologies. So I love, and, and the, the marketing background makes complete sense now. So it's like totally, you know, that you have that in your DNA. Which goes to, and we've got like four minutes for the sales DNA. So we're going to, Dustin, you're going to have to come back and talk about Yes, but I can tease it. Can you give me four minutes to tease it? Yeah, tease it up, baby. Okay. So uh, this year we started doing um, a learn, earn, and grow series for mortgage loan professionals. It's TLOP Presents. So we're basically, we're taking the show on the road and we're going into various markets. We betaed in Tampa, Florida, then Orlando, Florida. Yesterday was Palm Beach Gardens. Next month will be Jacksonville. And then eventually it's going to be Oklahoma. It's going to be Dallas. It's going to be Boise. It's going to be Orange County, California. And when we do it, it's any other sales seminar, right? We have a top producer teaching um, tactics that work. We have a motivational speaker given the proper motivation needed to, to deploy the tactics. And we have someone teaching strategy. Okay, and when when I teach loan officers, I'm currently teaching them to lean into what their sales DNA is. All of us have been told there are six things to grow our network. And we understand that our net worth is the sum of our network, right? right? So how do you expand your network? Well, there's traditional networking, right? That's things like B&I groups, WCR, MBA functions, et cetera, Chamber of Commerce. There is online networking which many people know is social media. I don't like the term social media, so I call it what it is. It's online networking. There's lunch and learns. There's happy hours. There is um, the good old smile and dial, right? And like, these are the networking kind of silos that we all play in. What I teach is don't try to do all five or six of these. Find the one or two that make up your sales DNA right? That you're good at. You're probably good at it because you like it. And if you like something you're good at, you're probably willing to, to work at it and double down on your effort and go all in. But we don't just teach you like what to do. We teach you the why, why should you be doing this? And then we teach you the how. So when I do, it's about a one hour presentation. When I do my understanding your sales DNA, we, we go over all six of the proven tactics or strategies to get out there and expand your network. But then we give the audience, well, this is why you should do it. And this is how you should do it. Like an example would be when you're doing a happy hour, it should be on Thursdays. 
It should be either from four to six or five to seven. You should use high tops instead of anything that, that has the audience sitting down, right? The value in it is the invite. It's not necessarily the attendees. Here's how you mitigate risk from like alcohol abuse. Here's how you mitigate risk in terms of your financial wallet, you know, people abusing your kindness, um, so, so on and so forth. So we do that again for happy hours, lunch and learns, open houses, traditional online and smile and dial. Those are the six. And that would be understanding your sales DNA. And I would love to come back yes. to give a condensed version of that to your audience. Perfect. I love it. Well, we'll get you scheduled for that in June. Or they can go see you down in May 23rd down in Jacksonville, Florida. You yeah, hey, if, if you want to come Justin down to Jacksonville, Rain. Florida, May 23rd and see me speak, see Steve Richmond speak, and more than likely one of the best mortgage loan originators I know, a guy by the name of Mike Smalley, who funds 60 to $90 million a year while yeah. also running five branches. As Mike will put it, today he told me, I'm closing $8 million next month and I work part-time because his full-time job is helping run his five branches. Um, yeah, you could come check us out in Jacksonville, Florida, learn, earn, and grow. By the way, it's a free event. It's a free event because people like Cross Country Mortgage are bringing us in, our landmark title is bringing us in. Um, so uh, yeah, thanks to our sponsors, it ends up being a free event. I love it. And, and so here's the thing, and we're going to close this out. So definitely coming back. Thank you for that. Here's, here's what I love. Most people think when you think of your sales DNA, they're thinking internal, right? It's like, what am I made up of? What you gave for the sales DNA are action items. And so I love that because that's the key of what people need to focus on. And so if you can get us a list, and this is part of, um, <laughs> this is part of uh, being able to, leverage what we're doing in mortgage influencers. And so sharing what's working, you know, these are events you're doing and live events, people are showing up for these events. It's working through the network. You can get sponsors. And so if people are thinking, it's like, what should I be doing right now? It's like, my gosh, you could be doing live events like this. You mm -hmm. know, it doesn't have to be on the, the, the span that you are, but hosting something like this in, in your community. Um, being able to to do that, get a you know, Tycor title or something to to help you, and then invite your real estate agents to come along. So I love that. Okay, so it looks like somebody answered a couple of questions we had in, uh, which we're not going to have time to answer the CMB oral exam. Like it is extensive. I know that. I've had friends that have gone through that. It is not an it is not an easy thing to pass. So uh, just uh, goes to yeah. Two-year journey. It was a two-year <laughs> journey. Uh, the oral, the oral piece, the oral exam is way easier than the written. The six-hour written exam, that's the doozy. Once you get past that, your orals, I wouldn't want to say a breeze, but it's a breeze compared to the written. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Okay, so we're gonna close it out. Dustin, thank you so much. Ginger, to, thank you. Scott, nice meeting you, you Steve. Great seeing you. I, I, I tell you what, the next time in Florida, it's like, if, if I weren't in Oregon, it's such a long haul over there. I tell you what, I would definitely make an attempt to be there on the 23rd. And I might. I'm going to well, look at my calendar. Well, here's the deal. I need a reason to come to Oregon. I'm trying to get all 50 states checked off. 
Maybe you don't have Oregon event in Oregon and let's let do me it. come speak at that event. Yeah. We can hang out. I'll bring the podcast equipment. We'll have you on my show. And like, there's a guy up your way, Ryan Hills, that I want to connect yeah. with that I don't know Ryan that well, but I yeah. want to meet Ryan because I in follow Ryan yeah. and I appreciate what he does. Yeah. So yeah, let, let's find a reason for Dustin to get to Oregon, Ginger. Yeah, so we'll bring in, so Ken Perry, who Steve, you know, has a wonderful studio and a place to host an event. And so uh, we'll do an, an offline. And Ken and I have been talking about trying to put something together. Ken's my boy. Anyway. I love so, Ken. Uh, so yeah, we'll make it happen. I gotta go, guys. It's probably yeah. awesome. If okay. live, with live episodes, you can stay on. I gotta go. Yeah, so we'll see <laughs> you all next week. Adios. And uh, Dustin, thank you. Steve, welcome to the team. We will see you next week. Yes. Hey, teamoponline.com. There's my shameless plug. Perfect. And you can go to Loan Officer Podcast and uh, watch your latest episodes. Yep. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, the whole gambit, or the website, theloanofficerpodcast.com. Okay, perfect. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.